The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Notebook Wagering Podcast. And lo and behold, week zero is over. We are now official. College football is here, and it's not going away until mid-January. So strap in, and in honor of tomorrow being National Grief Awareness Awareness Day, we're all going to be grief-stricken over our bets coming up. We got the Teaser King tonight, Smitty. We got Q. And we have J-Cam full house tonight. So, boys, Thursday night, we started off officially. This is week one. Q, how'd you do week zero? What do you got coming up? Uh, Scott Frost let me down. I had a great teaser, and it uh, was not so great for the bookmakers. J-Cam, what's on tap for you? I got off to a good start. I was 4 first week. This got a, you know, took Northwestern to 13. I have some other team total over, so that was a nice little get in my pocket there. Um, yeah, no, I, I like to start. I, I want that week to count week zero. That was a good week. So uh, I'm ready to roll, though, with this full schedule now. A lot of work to do, but I'm ready. We're going to count it for you, but Samini and I, we're going to take a little big black X over ours. Uh, Samini, <laughs> you and I pooped the bed week one, but what's going on down there? Teaser came. Yeah, well, I'm right with Q. I hope Scott Frost, they uh, told him the flight was at nine something and they left at like six and they left him over there because he, I think, onside kicked his entire season there. Not good. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. That was my best bet. And the Florida Atlantic looked fantastic. So that would have been a good win there for me. And then you go to bed and craziness happened. UTEP was doing okay. And then you wake up and UTEP didn't finish the game very strong. So what can you do? And I should have never went. I went with uh, Stephen F. Austin against Jacksonville State. And why did I go against Rich Rodriguez? Because the guy knows how to win football games. So I'm going to just punt on this and let's dive into the first week. Hey, can I give one shout out before we go to week one? Can I just give that local Irish reporter a shout out for just blatantly asking Scott Frost if if he's just going to – step down as the coach like no american journalist has the nuts to do that and i just love it put it all on the line just ask the question we all wanted to know so bravo to him hey there you have it we're already hating on nebraska and i give him good reviews on our uh, big 10 show but all right without further ado let's join let's jump into some lines here and some big games we got on tap all the lines we're using are at betrivers.com um so they're as of probably about an hour ago. So mine may differ a little bit from your guys. So let's start Thursday night, uh, Thursday, September 1st, WBU coming to Pitt, backyard brawl. These two teams have been playing since 1895, but they haven't played since 2011. Pitt leads the all-time series 61, 40, and 3, and they're at home. They're 42 and 22. So I actually think with Pitt's D-line, who is all coming back. It's going to be too much for WVU. 
both new offenses, new coordinators and QBs. I actually have one lean on this. I'm not going to touch the uh, breakdown until Smitty gives out some teaser plays, but I like the under in this 52 and a half and Pitt is laying seven and a half. Q, you have anything on the WVU pick game? Yeah, I'm just excited for it to be back. It's been long overdue. Um, I don't have a play on it, but I am also excited to, to kind of see uh, JT Daniels the slowest in new programs. I have JT as my bench quarterback, so secretly I hope he does really well. I hope he has a breakout year so I can put him in uh, and rack up some fantasy wins. But I, I, it's just exciting to have it back and, and you know, a to me, a real football game. I, I don't really think the week zero games were were real uh, in terms of the matchups. So it'd be nice to have a rivalry straight out of the gate. All right, Jason. Since you and I live in Pittsburgh, what do you have down there on the south side of the uh, of town going on for this game? Well, in the South Hills, we're very close to By God, West Virginia. Um, that's who I'll be rooting for in this game. I don't, I like them with the seven and a half. I like the under as well as you mentioned. Now, you mentioned Pitt's D-line. We've talked a lot about it. I think Pitt's O-line's a little overhyped. They're, they're transitioning from a very throw-it offense to trying to get back to the days of early Narduzzi running it, you know, basically playing smash-mile football. I don't really think they're equipped for that. That's a hard transition to go from pass blocking, which they really weren't that good at, to run blocking. West Virginia, we talked about this in the Big 12 preview. The lines are very good in the Big 12. Almost all the teams have talent on the lines. I think West Virginia, they have the fourth best line per fill still on offense, fourth best line on defense. I think they can hold their own. I think this will be a close game. Give me the points. Give me the under. All right, Smitty, I know you were pretty high on Pitt preseason. What do you got on this one? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, this is going to be a great atmosphere. Jason's been talking about it on the show for weeks here. You're going to have a lot of West Virginia people there. It. I mean, Pitt's coming off one of the best seasons since 1982. Two good quarterbacks coming in. You know, JT Daniels, is he going to get the fit there at West Virginia? You got Slovis coming in from USC into Pitt there. I agree with Jason. I think Pitt's going to try to run the ball a little bit more than they have. I still think they'll throw. Now, West Virginia, you got Graham Harrell. They're going to try to air it out a little bit here at West Virginia this year, try to add some points to it. I think overall, I really like Pitt in this game, though. Now, I agree with Jason saying the spread's tough. I mean, it's a tough. I think it's seven and a half. I love this in a teaser play. You get Pitt down to about minus one, minus one and a half. Look at, you know, whatever site you're on. I really like this. I think Pitt wears this team down. I think they're a better team. I like some of the uh, some of the sites where the predictions are. I'm leaning this as a teaser play for myself. Maybe I'll give it out. But I like Pitt. All right. Uh, just because we have a lot of Penn State fans and listeners and some uh, alumni here, we're going to touch on Penn State traveling to Purdue Thursday night, 8 p.m. on Fox. Purdue is getting four points at home over under 53 and a half. Um, Purdue versus Penn State all time is 315 and one. They've actually lost nine in a row. Uh, I was big on Hawaii due to their strength openers at home and they blew it. I actually think Purdue is an intriguing money line play this week, although they like to throw the ball with this new quarterback. And that's actually Penn State's strength. So I don't have a play yet, but I'm looking at Purdue Moneyline to maybe pull this one off. I know Jay Cam was kind of opposed to his Nittany lines, but we'll see what he says. Q, do you have anything on the Purdue-Penn State game? 
Not really. Uh, I, I don't really like the matchup. I don't like James Franklin. I'm not a huge Purdue guy. I do think Jeff Brom will have uh, Purdue, especially it being a home opener, uh, pretty fired up. I'm curious to see uh, Sean Clifford's like 19th year, how he does. Um, I, I'm just going to watch it. I don't really have anything on this. J-Cam. You know, Penn State on the road, Big Ten, not, never great. But Purdue doesn't run the football. Like, if, if this was Wisconsin, if this was even Illinois, I would take the points on the road. But this is Purdue. They like to fling it. Penn State's defense, back seven's way too good for that, especially the secondary. Um, where they get the points at will be interesting. This actually could be a sneaky under because, like I said, Purdue lost all their stars. They kind of got all the, the glue guys from last year still around, but they don't have Bell. They don't have Karloftis. Uh, you know, Penn State, if they can block people, they're actually going to be pretty good. So I like them here. The line keeps creeping up. I see it at minus four now. If it gets a little higher than that, I would not play it. But I'll lay the three on the road. It looks like I'm going to have to lay the three and a half right now. Caesar King, Penn State play? Yeah, I'm looking at this one. This is one that's close to making my card here. This would be a great pit, maybe Purdue uh, match up here on a Thursday night teaser to get the Labor Day weekend started here. I, I like Purdue in this. I, I do. I, I'm just not a, and again, everyone's going to say, I just hate on Penn State every year on this show. And it's not that. I think this is a tough environment. I think this can be really tough. I, I don't like Penn State's offensive line. Purdue, like you said, Matt, they have lost a lot of people. I do agree their secondary is okay, but, but I think Purdue's going to put some points on there. Hey, keep it going up, man. I'd love to get plus 10 in this with Purdue at home. And a teaser. So a six-point teaser. I'm leaning Purdue in that. I think a money line play is not bad. Other than that, you know, I, I'd probably stay away from it. I just I really like the teaser in this and I might make it an official play. All right. Awesome. Uh, we might come back and touch on a Friday night game, but let's jump to the big Saturday slate. So Saturday, September 3rd, game starting at noon, I believe. Just because we talked off air a lot about a game we like, we're going to touch on it real quick. We have NC State traveling to East Carolina. East Carolina is getting 11 and a half. Over under is 55. I really like this NC State team. I think they're sneaky good. Uh, Devin Leary at QB is going to be a really intriguing starter. They have 17 guys returning. I just don't think ECU has enough to keep up with the scoring that NC State's going to power on these guys. I do like the over a little bit because um, NC State's defense doesn't really flash me as well. But if I had a lean, I might do a double in-game bet and take uh, NC State covering the minus 11 and a half and take the over just for a little fun action. Q, what do you have on this one? You kind of stole it from me. I am leaning the over. I like NC State. I like Larry. He airs it out. Um, East Carolina can't stop anybody. NC State can't stop anybody. Uh, but I do think NC State is going to make a tough push for the ACC title this year. Um, but East Carolina's offense isn't going to be bad either. Uh, good coach, Houston, out of JMU. Uh, he's building something there. They return a running back, so they should kind of have that to uh, week one, kind of lean back on. Um, I think you could maybe, if uh, East Carolina goes up quick, do it, and uh, you can get NC State at a lower number in an in-game live bet. You know, definitely uh, take advantage of that. But I think there's going to be some points. I mean, I could see NC State hanging 50 of their own, and East Carolina could easily hang 28 to 34, 35 themselves on a uh, subpar defense. So 
definitely over, and uh, I'm in tune with you on the live betting. Jason, you have anything on the uh, ECU game here? Yeah, I'm on the other side of this. I mean, I kind of understand where East Carolina is coming from. I know you mentioned Phil Stills on them. Um, you know, you look at the games against last year at Houston, UCF, they, the defense played pretty well, and they hung in those games against good teams. Now, NC State's better. Basically, if you're taking East Carolina, you're betting against NC State, who kind of lays eggs on the road. They have a little bit of that pit um, mentality where you have to see it to believe it. Um, I don't like the over as much here. If you look at the games where East Carolina played good teams, it was low scoring. They want to run the football. They're not going to be able to run the football against NC State and a good defense. So I actually kind of like the under here. Um, and I guess the point spreads, it, the points will be good if it's an under. Smitty? Very high on NC State. I, I like what you guys said. I, the quarterback's great. Old man in the garage, it's his, his team, man. He, he's going to be fired up for them this year. A good chance they could win the ACC. Uh, you know, Phil still knows what he's talking about. I think he has East Carolina in this. I'm staying away from this game. I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on it. If I would do anything in it, I, I kind of like NC State in a teaser and take it down, and I think they'll cover the spread. All right, let's go to the big boy of the weekend. Yeah, our slates is kind of all over the board, but we're going to try to go down time-wise. So we have Oregon uh, on the road against Georgia, even though it's a neutral site game. It is down at the Atlanta Mercedes-Benz Dome. That's at 3.30 on ABC. Georgia is laying 17.5 over under 53. Uh, an interesting note. I don't know the actual record is. They say the national champs on Ring and Banner Day typically coming in flat. I am not as high on Oregon as some people are this year. They are loaded with talent, but this is a huge road test right out of the game for the Ducks. Uh, I don't have a play on this yet. I would lean Georgia probably in a teaser with Teaser King, get that down a little bit, but I'm not going to touch it. So, Q, what do you have on the Georgia-Oregon game? Yeah, I'm not high on Oregon either. I don't like the 17 and a half. It just seems like a lot of points. <sighs> Georgia's offense, like Stetson Bennett, I mean, they're not high-powered. Let's see what they do. They're going to kind of manage the game, I think, kind of get out of this one, 11-3 uh, matchup, try to get out of there unscathed. But I don't think Oregon has any chance in this game. Um, I like the teaser bet, but outside of that, I could potentially see it being an under. I just don't see Oregon scoring on a Georgia defense, especially with Bo Nix at the helm. I'm, I'm out on that guy. I have been since he was a freshman. Uh, but I do think it's ironic. His freshman year, he beats Oregon in opening week, and then now he's suiting up for him. But I, th I think that game could come out like a little flat, like you said. I would stay away from the points unless you're going to do a teaser in Georgia's favor. Uh, but you could also take a gain or the under. All right, all right, resident stat geek, what do you got on this one? I mean, I don't know. It's there's too much new at Oregon to take them. I think, even though I'm always a fan of Bo Nick's season full effect. Um, hey, Oregon recruits pretty well though. I mean, they may not have enough dudes like Georgia has, but they have dudes, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see Georgia if they can make that transition. We kind of talked about in the preview show. Are they just going to be a reload team, or are they going to be a rebuild team? They're, they're suited to be a reload team, but we kind of need to see it. Um, it'll be interesting if Oregon gets some points early to see if Georgia can play from behind. That's about it. I'm not going to touch this game because I need to learn about Oregon. I, I don't know much about Dan Lanning other than he was a DC there. They have all new coaches, all new everything. Um, and that's, a, that's an awfully tough defense. There's a lot of good kids on that Georgia defense still, even though a lot of them left, uh, to kind of 
trusted to go there. So I'm passing on this for now. My lean would be Georgia just because it is in Atlanta. That's a big trip for Oregon. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, same thing Jason said. You know, looking at the coach, it was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. Now he's there. I, I'm a little higher on Bo Nix. I think he kind of gets drilled for some tough stuff uh, overall. I think he's a pretty good athlete. There's some good moments with Bo Nix, and there's, there is absolutely some bad moments with Bo Nix. But he's played this competition. Now, again, I think where they're playing, it's a tough spot for Oregon. They're going right more or less. It's like a home, I mean, it's a home game for Georgia. A lot of new people on uh, Oregon. A lot of new people on Georgia. But the thing is, Georgia's so loaded. I think if you look at a play, could Oregon come out early and surprise? This could be a first half, maybe lean for Oregon if you're if you like Oregon. I think as the game goes, Georgia's going to wear them down. And then I really like the teaser to get it down to like 11, something like that. I think it's good. 17 is always tough, but I think if you do like Oregon and you think they can make a a sneaky start, that could happen. They could be flying around early, excited in this game. You know, the only thing that scares me about Oregon, and I know it's new coaching staff and it's everything, but when they played a tough team last year, and we said this on our preview show, like Utah, they got punched in the mouth. And that scares me with this a little bit. Georgia's going to punch in the mouth. Is Oregon going to be tough enough? That's my concern. I'm off. I'm not touching this game. I'm going to watch it. But if I'm crazy enough, maybe do a, if you like Oregon, sneaky first half or maybe a first quarter play. All right. Let's jump on to another game of two ranked teams. Uh, number 23, Cincinnati, goes down to Arkansas to play the number 19, Razorbacks. This, I believe, is a 7 o'clock. Uh, line is Arkansas minus 6 over under 52. Uh, we have this on the slate, and I wanted to bring it up. Q had mentioned it to me. I had bet this game when Vegas dropped their drop party for all the lines, and I actually bet it at Arkansas minus seven, so I got a worse number than what it's at now. I still like Arkansas at home. Uh, they have a, a good offense, good quarterback, good wide receivers, um, and Cincinnati lost a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So I don't think they're going to like necessarily stop each other, but I think Arkansas is simply just going to outscore them enough to cover the number, even get me a push, hopefully with a seven. And I would actually lean the under 52 as being the first game and see how these new offenses, specifically Cincinnati's comes in and shows up. Uh, Hugh, what do you have on the Bearcats and Razorbacks? I actually got Arkansas minus five and a half at minus 117 odds. So I kind of stole there. Um, is the best number. I, I think it comes down to quarterback play. Obviously, you got two good head coaches. Um, Cincinnati loses Desmond Ritter. Arkansas retains K.J. Jefferson. And I think that's going to be the, the difference maker, especially game one. K.J. has been in some big games. Uh, Cincinnati's starting quarterback is not uh, seasoned like K.J. is. And I just think uh, – Arkansas is just going to kind of blue collar fo football them. You know, they've been preparing for SEC teams and not to say since he's not good, obviously they're ranked, they were in the playoffs last year, but um, their schedule is a little different. It's kind of what you prepare for through the season and the recruiting. Uh, I just think Arkansas is going to outmuscle them late at the end. Jason. Yeah. I'm on the Razorbacks. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. You look at Cincy. they lost three all Americans, eight first team uh, AACs. Second, two second team AACs, one third team AACs has literally second to last and like most lost like 
uh, honor players. That's just too much for a program like for Cincinnati to handle. They don't recruit at that level to be able to go down and play an SEC school the first week and be able to handle them. Yeah, give me the Razorbacks minus six. They've got KJ Jefferson back. It sounds like they've got some adjustments on defense where they're going to be playing a four-man front to kind of compensate for guys that they lost last year. Um, I think that's just too much for Cincy to handle here. They're not ready to just make that big jump up yet. All right, Teaser yeah, King, are you, are you on Woo Pigs? Too. Oh, absolutely. I love Arkansas on this. I, I have Arkansas down twice on my, my leans on the index cards this week and also in the notebook here. I'm on a teaser with Arkansas. I like, and I love them straight in this. Like you guys said, I love the quarterback's good. I think the home crowd's going to be electric. I just think Cincinnati, are they going to be okay? I wasn't high on Cincinnati last year. I, I bashed Cincinnati on every show we did. I didn't think they should have been in the final four. You lose Ritter, you lose the running back. They got a good running back, you know, there still, but the quarterback's a question. I think the home environment, they're going to wear them down. I think I have a stat, I, I saw on a site, they're one in four last five ATS on the road, Cincinnati. I love this game. I think it's way too much, too much, you know, just athletes, I think for Arkansas will wear them down. I, I love it in a straight play and I love it in a teaser. All right, this game coming up is a big one for notebook wagering. Uh, we have Utah Utes traveling down to the swamp to play the Florida Gators. Right now, the Gators are getting plus three. Over under is 50 and a half. Q is a big Florida backer. We at the notebook wagering crew, though, we were all really high on Utah here uh, from the Pac-12. We all love them. We all think they're going to be really good. And Q, I'm going to – I'm going to – revert on what I said. I apologize. I originally said, I think I really like Utah to win this game outright. And somehow I think my mind was flipped and somehow I think I'm now leaning the Gators. I really think the, the look for this game though, is the over 50 and a half Utah gave up 23 points a game last year. And then they got torched by Ohio state, maybe exposed some flaws in their defensive steam, or it was just Ohio state's talent. Florida gave up roughly 26, so that puts it right at 49. I think there's another point to be had in there, and I think we can get over that 50 and a half. So I'm going to lean the over. I love Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. I, I still love Utah, and I, it's a no play for me right now, but if I had to give out a lean, I'm taking the Gators. What do you got, Q? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I told you I wouldn't be surprised if either team wins. Smitty can attest to this. I'm pretty realistic when it comes to betting Florida. Uh, if I don't like it, I either won't bet it um, or I'll try to tease Florida up as high as I can. But but I really like Florida at the plus three, and I'll probably sprinkle a little bit of money line. And bottom line is Florida plays up in games, and we saw it last year. I mean, they had a, a worse quarterback, in my opinion, than Richardson and Emory Jones playing. And they were a missed extra point away. Uh, from being able to tie the game late against Alabama. If he does, if the kicker doesn't miss that extra point in the first half, they don't have to go for two and they're tying the game. And we all saw Alabama as tenfold higher than Utah last year. Um, I, I think Florida's getting better. I like Ricky Pearsall. I like Justin Shorter from, from Penn State. I think he kind of contributes more this year and maybe steps up now that Jacob Copeland has gone to Maryland. Um, and I think discipline is going to be the big change. There, there was no discipline under Matt Elam. I mean, um, Dan Mullen, uh, with with exception of Matt Elam, um, who was probably the only disciplined defensive player, and it really seems like uh, Florida took that uh, to heart over the uh, the spring camp and fall. So, 
I'm not blowing smoke. I, I am taking Florida plus three. I like them at the swamp. They've been preparing for this game uh, since the spring practices. And uh, go Gators. Jason? It all comes down to can Florida run the football. You look at Utah's regular season losses last year. They had three of them. They lost at BYU. They gave up 224 yards rushing. They lost to San Diego State. They gave up 204 rushing to San Diego State, which is amazing. And then uh, Oregon State got them up in uh, Corvallis, and they ran for 260. So that's really it. Florida wants to run the ball under Billy Ball. If they can do it, they're going to win this game. If they can't, I think Utah is just a little further along on the curve. Florida's a little more talented, but it's still a little early in their process there. If this game was later in the year, I definitely would take Florida. Um, but if they can run it, they can beat Utah. I'm probably not going to bet it. I really want to see that first quarter to see what it looks like. Florida's going to Florida's going to run. I love Utah in this game. I, I don't think Florida's there yet. I said it on our preview show with them. I think uh, Utah is an extremely good team. I don't think Florida's going to be able to run on them. I think they're going to try. It's not going to happen. I got to see Richardson play more consistent. A couple games that he started, I didn't think he was that great. Uh, I do like the kid. I think he's a talent. I said that on the preview show. Tough environment. Place is going to be crazy. Utah has to just maintain early in the game. I think they wear them down. I like Utah. This is one of my straight plays. I like Utah this week. All right. Let's jump to another big primetime game, 730. Number five, Notre Dame, which absolutely shocks me that they're ranked number five. Uh goes to the shoe to play Ohio State. The Buckeyes come in number two ranked team. Ohio State is laying 17 over under is 58. So um, we all know how good Ohio State is. We really don't know that much about Notre Dame. New quarterback, they have a great tight end, Michael Meyer. Marcus Freeman, new coach. One thing that's kind of added a little fuel to this fire is Ohio State has given these guys so much bulletin board material this week just non-stop chatter i don't think it's actually enough notre dame may come out fired up maybe they'll jump to a 10-3 lead or something but i think ohio state just puts the gas down i don't have a play on this yet i, I can't i mean if you want to put a money line ohio state play in any one of your parlays please do it's gonna hit there's no way they get upset uh no play for me yet but q what do you got on this game yeah, I think Notre Dame's all smoke, no fire. I, I never understand how they get ranked so high. Um, I guess it's just profit sharing in NCAA than being an independent. I don't know. I love Ohio State. I, I think last year they will, you know, their first big game, they, they got upset in the shoe. Um, was that week one or two to Oregon? Um, you know, they. It was early in the season. Yeah. It, they, that's been a hammering point of. Last year, you got embarrassed at your own stadium. You have a chance to redeem yourself. Act like you want to be here early. You can't sleep on these teams. And I think they come out a stronger C.J. Stroud. Trevion Henderson is just going to run all over Notre Dame. Um, and then, I don't know, I think the the coach for Notre Dame made a dumb comment. He acted like he didn't know his team was 17-point underdogs, uh, as if, like, that was a surprise. Um, I just don't think against Ohio State there's going to be enough bulletin board material to keep Notre Dame in this game. Jason, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of watching this line because it seems like it's found its like break-even point here at 17 points. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of went right for Ohio State last year, but they also got punched in the mouth pretty hard by Michigan and Oregon last year. Like everybody remembers the Utah game where they threw it for 600 yards against the Utah defense that was missing guys because of COVID. But you know, when big physical teams came in, 
they got pushed around. There weren't a lot of big physical teams in the Big Ten last year, not on their schedule. They didn't play Wisconsin. They didn't play Iowa. So I'm just intrigued at this point. I don't think Notre Dame has a quarterback to be able to beat Ohio State at Ohio State, but I think this game's going to be a little closer than people think just because of that. And plus, we got a brand-new defense on the Ohio State side. This team's got talent out of its ears, but they don't play that way on defense anymore. They're not scary like they used to be. So we'll see if they can find the scary. If they do, you see it early, they're going to romp them. But I think Notre Dame hangs around. I'm, I'm, I want to see where this line gets to before I take the Irish. I might pass if it stays around the 17. But it gets a little higher than this, I would definitely take Notre Dame plus. I just think it's, they can stay with them because they're physical enough on both sides of the ball to hang with them. All right, Smitty, go for it. Yeah, I think the, the, the coach, the new hire at Notre Dame, I, I think the team really likes them. I think they'll be inspired coming out early. This kind of goes back to what I said about the Oregon game. I think this wouldn't be a bad maybe first half, first quarter. I think Notre Dame's going to come out and this can be tight early. I, I am afraid that this game could get away a little bit late in it. I think it is going to – I kind of agree with Jason. I think this one is going to be a little closer than some people. 17's a big number. I mean, that's a big number on a big game here. But there's a lot of question marks. New quarterback. They lost the running back. You know, what do they have? They have a good tight end, Notre Dame. The quarterback just has to play a fantastic game here. I mean, Q said it. They got the quarterback. They got the running back. They got the wide receivers. I mean, they got the weapons here at Ohio State. I'm not sure yet. I'm. I mean, I got. I, there's a lot of other games I like. I mean, every game you look at, you're like, oh, I'm gonna bet. So I don't. I don't know if this one makes the board, but I think if you like Notre Dame, maybe take a chance early in the game. Try to get that first quarter or a first half lean. All right, boys, before we uh, do kind of a roundtable spitfire some games, let's let's touch on one more. Let's go to the Sunday game just because we have a holiday weekend coming up. 7.30, kind of an intriguing matchup that I wanted to talk about real quick. September 4th, FSU travels to LSU. LSU's minus three over under is 51. The Brian Kelly era officially kicks off. Mike Norvell. Uh, so good old coach Red Boyu, Eddie Ogeron's gone. A lot of transfers coming in for LSU. I do like their offense with Jaden Daniels. They have the John Emery at running back. They still have excellent wide receivers. I, I haven't touched this game yet. I actually, this is another game I might look at in an in-game parlay. I would probably lean LSU to cover the three, and I would lean over the 51. I just think there's going to be some points to be had against FSU. Maybe LSU themselves can get about 35, and hopefully FSU can chip in about 20, which would be nice. Q, you have anything on this one from Sunday night? I haven't bet it yet, but I'm starting to get a little more comfortable with LSU on the point spread. I just think from the coaching standpoint, Kelly's more established better than Norvell. Um, and I think even with the transfers and what LSU already had, I think he's getting a better team. I mean, Keyshawn Butte instantly makes Jaden Daniels better. It's the best receiver he's ever thrown to in his career. Um, and I think, you you know, they kind of had under uh, – their last couple quarterbacks, they didn't really run the ball with their quarterback. They couldn't maneuver, and I think Jade Daniels gives them that opportunity uh, to kind of extend some plays. And Florida State, I mean, even though I hate them as a Gator fan, I just – I don't think they're a good team. I think Norvell's driven that program worse uh, than Willie Taggart did. Just Jordan Travis is just not the guy. I don't see him being the guy this year or next year, for that matter, if he stays. I, I just – I don't see where Florida State's going, and – uh only thing I do know is they're probably losing this game to LSU. Jason, you have anything on the Bayou Tigers? 
No, I probably lean toward LSU just because they still got some guys. Like, they have Booty. Um, I was watching Daniels play as an Arizona State um, quarterback last year a little bit on some games that have been on this week. And he's a good player. He's mobile. And that line is probably their biggest question mark for that team. So, if he can make some plays under duress, which, you know, Florida State's defense isn't horrible. So, they, they will get some pressure on him. Um, yeah, I just – I really think LSU – just playing at a higher level in the SEC is going to be a little bit better off than Florida State, who's still kind of cranking up the ACC charts here. Um, you know, they're not terrible, but I just think LSU has better playmakers at key positions. Caesar King, what do you got? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning with you guys. I think Q made a great point. You look at the quarter or the head coaching. I think that Brian Kelly's just a lot better coach. I like I like Daniels. I liked him at Arizona State. I think they're going to come in. Jason said that, like he just said now, he said it on the preview show too about the offensive line, And but he is a very mobile quarterback that could get out. I like the wide receiver. I think LSU's more talented. I would lean LSU. All right, boys, that's the major games. Let's do a little roundtable, fun spitfire games we like, don't like. But real quick, Smitty, I wanted to start with you. Give a little uh, shout-out of what you're doing with our guy, Pat Jick Jack Johnson down there. Yeah, you know, another nice opportunity. I did a quick video with him in the summer with some baseball, uh, and he asked a great opportunity. He asked me to do a weekly little spot and just throw out some teasers, being the teaser king. So I'm going to try to come on there once a week. I'm going to throw some of mine. I'm going to throw out from the boys, too. I'm going to give out their plays and just check us out. He does a nice little um, daily video uh some line movements and some games and some tickets coming in so once a week i'm supposed to right now do it on wednesday night and i got one from maddie i got one or two from me q has one or jason we're gonna throw out man maybe five or six i mean we're gonna we're gonna try to make teasers great again in college football that's what we're gonna try to do here so i know a lot of people can't stand teasers in college football man we're gonna throw them out and we're gonna have a lot of fun and jick jack's the best guy so it's uh, it's gonna be a good time doing uh, a short little video with him weekly. All right, let's start this off. Hugh, we're gonna go to you first. Congratulations on the old softball win. You can even tell us a little bit about that. Maybe somebody wants to hear about your uh, piss missiles. I think I watched his game on two a.m. the other night on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was right after the uh, spike ball championship from uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get a bet in on that. It was on Stadium right. for the Hawaii game. All right, Q, hit us up. What do you got? Yeah, I got a tournament-winning softball team, so that's always good. If I'm not hitting the sports books, I'm hitting the sports fields, and we're winning, so that's what matters. Um, uh, probably one of my favorite games this week is uh, Coastal Carolina at home against Army. I'm aware Army was really good last year. They were like 8-4, and 9-4. and four. Coastal's been good since Grace McCall's been there. And one thing I like is even though Army has that weird offense where they just have like five guys who can run the ball, uh, whether it's your fullback, quarterback, running back, receiver. Uh, Coastal's defense plays in practice against a, a very mobile quarterback and a very read option style. Uh, so I think they're a little more prepared for their run game just naturally, but they've definitely put an emphasis and they've been studying this film for weeks versus uh, just a week prior, like mid season. So I really like Coastal at home minus two and a half. That's probably my strongest play this week. All right, for our listeners, too, we're going to go to J-Cam next. Uh, J-Cam quit his job and now just crunches numbers on baseball all day and is now getting into football. It, that is somewhat true, but not really true. But if it helps us out, albeit, J-Cam, what's, uh, what's some of your plays coming up? 
I'm just looking at uh, the fr- the Thursday night schedule here, trying to find something. I kind of like La Tech at Missouri, getting a 19 and a half right now. Um, Missouri lost actually surprisingly a lot for a team that wasn't that good. Even lost their quarterback Basilic, uh, who went to Indiana. La Tech returned a bunch of guys from last year. It was not a great season for them. And um, this looks like 19 is just a way too much for that. I expect that to be a two touchdown game. So I think you're getting about five and a half points of uh, value there. So that's my first lean. And then looking at uh, Friday night, a little battle of Penn State former assistants with Brett Pry and Ricky Ronnie between Virginia Tech and Old Dominion. Now, like, give me the Monarchs plus the eight and a half. They got, they're a little more established in their schemes and actually a pretty decent little team last year. Uh, I'll take them getting a, more than a touchdown against the Hokies. All right, Smitty, you're on deck. Let's go. Well, there's a lot. There's like four index cards. So I'm going to go short here. You know, straight plays, we kind of said, I like Arkansas a little bit in a straight play. Louisville Cardinals, I'm looking at at Syracuse. I'm eyeing them up. The Appy State game's weird. I kind of like the Appy State plus the points. Now, if you look at that one, they opened up at plus three and a half. Now they're favorites in that game against UNC. The Old Dominion one, a good handicapper we're good friends with. Um, he also likes Old Dominion. Jason just gave that one out too. But look at the points in that one too. I'm keeping an eye on that. Open at 52 and a half. It's 49 and a half. There's a lot, Matt. There's a lot. Let me go quick here. I'm eyeing up Duke in a teaser. I like them. JMU. I love the UCLA game over in a teaser, the Michigan game over in a teaser. Also keeping an eye on San Diego State and Kentucky in a teaser. So I got a lot. I'm going to fire. We're going to fire with Jick Jack on Wednesday. We're going to be posting it on Twitter. Oh, one more that I really like, Tennessee team points. I want to eye up that one too. I think they put a ton of points on Ball State. I think that's a Thursday night game, if I'm correct off the top of my head. And our new guy, he stays in the shadow. The doctor is in segment. He likes Ole Miss team points. He wants to keep an eye on that one. So there's, hey, spitball, man. That's a lot for our audience. Eye those up and find those winners. Hey, great call. I want to. I actually meant to put Dr. Dr. Brandon in our intro. Uh, I think he went 4-0 last weekend. I'm not sure. He gives out some plays to us, so maybe we'll have to post some of his and get him a little the action as well. in segment. And yeah. I, we do a fun little high school uh, football thing. I just make up lines, and it's just a couple of us, and we just have a great time. I just make up lines, and we just call them. He went, I think, he went four and one in that too. I mean, he was on fire last weekend. He's calling high school football games. He's calling college football games. He probably called the Little League World Series, and we just didn't know. Everybody has Hawaii. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I wrote down two games just because uh, some of our guests that we love. Uh, one is for John Condo, and he's at, uh, on Twitter at John Condo, J O N C O N D O. He's a Maryland grad. So I'm going to break down the Buffalo of Maryland. Line is 23 and a half over under 63. I think Maryland's offense with uh, Tagovailoa, the two wide receivers, I believe one's a transfer coming in. Buffalo only has nine returning starters. They gave up 30 points a game last year. I actually think Maryland's probably going to drop 40 on these guys and probably cover that 23 and a half. I know that's a lot. Uh, probably the safer route would just to take them in a teaser, get them down a little bit, do Smitty's approach. Then our other game that I wrote down uh, is for Coach Coach T. Uh, Coach T18, Steve Tannehill, the old legendary Gamecock quarterback. 
Uh, I'm really intrigued by the South Carolina team. We broke them down in our SEC breakdown on at Notebook Wagering. Uh, the line is they're playing Georgia State. The line is minus 12, over under 56 and a half. And it's a Spencer Rattler area. Uh, I, I just want to see what this team looks like. I want to see how, how they go on offense. Do they go up tempo? Do they do their traditional, keep the running game, pound it? But now with Rattler there, it's intriguing to me. I don't have a point on it yet. I would probably lean South Carolina, laying the 12. But I would also look to the under. That's that's just a little, maybe a little too many points, which then goes against my thought of them dropping forty. But two game, two games just to keep an eye on. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on those? I I love the the South Carolina team. I'm intrigued with them this year. I hope they have a great year. I mean, we'll have to see with Rattler. I mean, that's the that's uh, he he was a Heisman candidate last year. I think it was a big pickup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, keep in mind, if you've been following South Carolina, Michael Vick has been around the practices very, very much. So I would imagine he has had some one-on-one time with Spencer Rattler. If you can ever be coached by Michael Vick, I would never say that's a negative. Uh, and he, he could only make you better uh, from the naked eye. So I would, uh, I would definitely be interested in, and I would encourage avid sports fans to see what Cal- South Carolina is all about. Maddie, there's the last game that I had, and you you can touch on it as well. Um, I know we're all kind of liking it. Boston College, Phil Dracovich is back. Safe Flowers uh, now has this guy to throw to him again. Always a tough offensive line. Always a tough defense. Very disciplined football team. I really like them as well. I'm going to second that. That was one I had, and I missed on my index card. I'm right with Q on that. I think that's a great call, especially in a teaser play. You can get them about like a uh, minus one or a pick them. I'm right on board with Q. I'll probably be rolling that. That might even make my main card there with teasers. I think that's a great play. I like the BCs. A Flowers, wide receiver, great quarterback coming back. I, I agree with Q. I think that's a good call. Jason? Uh, I'm going to stay away from BC until I can make sure that they can actually block for Dracovic. This has been a little bit of a – uh, issue with them uh, protecting him. So let's make sure that can happen. And, you know, Rutgers, uh, they'll do anything they can to get to their quarterback. And then even though they're going to be terrible this year, this could be the one game they play up. Um, now, just looking at other games, um, wouldn't be surprised if Miami, Ohio scares Kentucky a little bit. We talked about Kentucky's issues in the secondary. Miami is probably going to be one of the best teams in the MAC. And a uh, little money line special, Southern Miss at home against Liberty. Southern Miss was awful last year. Literally had no quarterbacks. They were direct snapping to Frank Gore Jr. because they had nobody to play quarterback. They have quarterbacks now, and they got a bunch of guys back. So wouldn't be shocked there after uh, taking Liberty, who's lost Malik, Malik Willis, who was their entire team last year. Uh, great minds, Jason. I actually uh, made a bet on the Miami of Ohio Kentucky game already. I bet the over. I think Miami of Ohio's offense can actually drop some points on Kentucky. I think Kentucky still gets a win, but I think they should go over the total, which is 52 and a half. And just because we say it all the time, we always do our late night skin max play, but there isn't any games that are super intriguing. Washington state and Idaho, there's still no line on that. We're big Washington state backers. I'm a big Oregon state fan. So I'll touch on that real quick. 1030. They host Boise state who supposedly air quotes a down year. High total of 57. Oregon State's laying three at home. Don't be afraid to bet the Beavers. Uh, they're a surprise under the radar team. If you listen to our Pac-12 breakdown, we broke them down really good. 
they have they have uh, kind of a no name squad, but it's it's a, a veteran team that can really get it done. Take a look at Oregon State if you're uh, trailing on your bets all day. Go for it, Smitty. Yeah, just two games too to keep an eye on. I thought the line movement was pretty good. Texas State plays Nevada. Nevada, you know, again got a win against uh, New Mexico State, but New Mexico State turned the ball over like about 19 times in that game, and they just won. But that went from a plus nine and a half to a pick 'em. Uh, I think one Tulsa plays Wyoming. Wyoming played Illinois over the weekend. That was minus two Tulsa. Now it's up to six and a half. And can Andrew Peasley? I wrote this to you guys. I've never seen a stat like this, so I want to throw this out. Andrew Peasley was 5 of 20 for 30 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. So Wyoming, you better bring in a quarterback next year. Good luck. You and Jason, you have any more games to touch on? Are you all set? It's not a game I want to touch on, but I'm kind of intrigued by it. Just like you said, we're looking for those late night skin max specials. Western Kentucky is a 16 point favorite out on the islands. Uh, little midnight kickoff there. We saw how horrific Hawaii was, and Western Kentucky had you know got a little scare from uh, an FCS school, but still looked like they could actually score some points. That line is kind of interesting because I actually would expect it to go up, and it is not going up. So maybe one of those deals. Both teams played last week, so it's not an advantage to Hawaii that they got a weekend and kind of figured out how awful they were. Now, Western Kentucky won't run the football like Vandy did, but it is intriguing that line's hanging at 16. I would expect that to be at like 21 by kickoff. Opened at 10.5, Jason. I have it 16.5. Over under was 62.5, up to 67.5. Yeah, Vandy, 601 total offense yards, 404 rushing. Vandy scored. I went to bed. That game, Hawaii went right down the field, scored right away. I woke up the next day, 63 to 10, I think. 35 nothing in the third quarter. Vandy outscored Hawaii. Yes, sir. Same with me, Smitty. Not to bashed on the uh, rainbow warriors but i went to bed the same exact time i believe it was 10 7 and i woke up to that travesty 42 nothing in the second half all right right, two quick shout outs from me uh congrats to the ad's at maine and new mexico for scheduling a game man what a barn burner that's gonna be and (laughs) (laughs) just because we have games thursday friday saturday sunday and monday i had one for friday night for anybody who needs a little action uh, Illinois travels to Indiana. Uh, Indiana is laying three over under 46 and a half. If you guys watched that game, uh, Illinois played this past weekend, man, did they do the old Wisconsin bash people in the face, run the ball. They did that to a tune of 260 yards and three touchdowns. Indiana's kind of weak in the trenches. I don't have a play yet, but I would actually lean Illinois money line, maybe get another upset, start two and oh by the Illini. Matt, who's up? Is, is DeVito still playing quarterback for Illinois? Yes, he got the nod and actually played a decent ball game. I mean, he's a really good talent. Uh, I don't know who the OC there is. I haven't dug into or anything. But I'd like to dig in a little more because Illinois got bashed. We even bashed them in our uh, Big Ten show. Uh, maybe they're going to surprise and be a, maybe get to a bowl game this year. So I, I had the, I had the over, I think, Matt, on the show. I, I like them. I like the coach. I love the running back. Brown's just a monster. And a lot of shows have said, DeVito, this might be a really good fit for him in this, in this yeah. system, that he might actually play really well this year. So 
I also like at Matt, I have it down Illinois in a teaser. I tease them up. You can get them up to about nine and a half, ten. I think they absolutely could beat Indiana. All right, boys. I have nothing else on week one. Is there anything else you want to touch on or we can wrap it up? One more team I'd throw out with team points. Keep an eye on because I like the over two USC. I think USC will put a lot of points on this week. I don't want to see that for fantasy reasons as I play their quarter against their quarterback. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for week one. Uh, a lot of breakdown, a lot of info to absorb for everybody out there. Check us out at notebook wagering. Uh, check us out potentially doing some drop spots on the at uh, one more podcast with that Jick Jack Johnson. And like we always say, bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.